Hello, I'm Kellen Kermeens. And I'm Moises Camacho. And this is the podcast formerly known as Inter Sandman. Uh, we spent all year making our way through the filmography and career of Adam Sandler. And now that we're done, as we prepare to move on to Will Smith in 2021, we're taking a little break. You know, we've each picked a couple movies that we love that are near and dear to our hearts that we want to talk about. Um, this week, a movie I'm convinced I'm the only person who has seen it. <laughs> That's not true. I made my parents watch this. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, this is a dad flick right here. I know yeah, my dad would love I, this movie. Yeah, yeah. My my dad, I think my dad liked it. He he laughed exactly when I expected him to. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, my dad's not a big, like, like, he didn't really laugh at, like, you know, this sort of, like, very, like, witty dialogue. Uh-huh. When he when RDJ pisses on the corpse, my dad kind of had a good laugh at that. When uh, when RDJ uh, sees a spider on a yep, woman's yep, breast, that scene too. That scene too. <laughs> like I think because uh, I've talked about how much my parents love Bad Boys One and Two. Yeah, I think my parents weirdly are like big fans of like dark, violent slapstick. <laughs> My dad, the scene that's your background, the Russian roulette thing was also, I think, the biggest laugh from Papa nice. Kellen. Papa Ke Father Kermeens, however you want to put it. I'm not trying <laughs> to dox my parents. Anyway, <laughs> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, written and directed by Shane Black, is about a criminal, a, a, a low-tier petty criminal named Harry Lockhart, who, after a job goes wrong, is on the run from the police and makes it stumbles into by chance an audition for a movie and he is so high strung from the robbery that went wrong he manages to impress the people auditioning and he gets sent to LA where he is gonna take um detective lessons I think they keep calling it from yeah uh, to, uh, from to, PI. To, yeah to learn his, to improve his acting by uh P.I. named uh, he I, he's referred to as Gay Perry because he's gay and he's, he's gay. Perry. He, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and Who's gay, by the way? They get, get they get wrapped into a big criminal conspiracy that also reunites Harry with his high school sweetheart. I as I'm trying to like because I always try to give like a basic synopsis before we really get started. This that doing that made me realize this is a very like complicated movie there's a lot going on in it there's a shit ton and like any good noir mystery the mystery becomes inconsequential by the end yeah like uh i told my mom because like um i think my mom asked me a question about like what the like mystery was and like mm -hmm. i was explaining it to her but i'm like well, if you if you don't get if that's the part you're not getting you're fine you know don't worry about it Moises, what did you think of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Um, well, I was already like pretty excited for it just because I had watched um The Nice Guys like a month couple months ago. So that made me super excited for this because you I love that movie and you told me since I loved it, I would love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Um, and I think who no like who doesn't love a good like noir crime thriller? Yeah. Um and also, uh, more recently, I saw um, 
I saw Robert Downey Jr. in Shortcuts, a movie from the 90s. Oh, yeah. Or 80s? I think it's the 90s. 90s um, yeah. And he's really good in that. So I was kind of missing Robert Downey Jr. a little bit. <laughs> um, and I think he was definitely my favorite part of the movie. But I, yeah, I fucking loved it. I, I really loved it. It's a, it's a weird genre that like you feel like is done a lot, but when you look at all the movies that come out, it really isn't done that much. No. And when it is done, it's usually like pretty fucking perfect. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's a hard genre to mess up. Yeah. It's fitting like the beginning, one of the earliest episodes of this podcast, we lamented the death of like the buddy, you know, action movie. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite, one of, if not my favorite, I, I don't know if this counts as an example of it, but Oh yeah, you saying the thing about Robert Downey Jr. made me realize like I'm worried we'll never see him do something that isn't like Marvel movie level again. Yeah, I I don't have know. Seen, I, did, I really have you seen hope... Doolittle? No, I heard it was fucking trash. <laughs> me too. I I when it comes to like HBO Max or like Hulu or something, I think I'm gonna watch it, but I'm not paying money for it. Yeah, it makes me it makes me sad to see he's. <laughs> I I really I I have hope I have hope for him I I think compare I mean shit he got nominated for an Oscar for Tropic Thunder like I feel like eventually Holy shit yeah he's gonna oh, want wow. to like get that shine again. Talk about shit that was like five years away from becoming <laughs> yeah like and that's the same year Heath Ledger won yeah so like, that's that the same year Iron year. Man came out. Uh, yeah, 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 man, what a year for him, yeah. Um, I, I don't know, I have hope, I really have hope for RDJ. Yeah. I love him, I love him so much. Just one thing I didn't want to forget before I talk about like the background of this movie, there's not a whole lot, but um, is it this is the movie that um, our boy Johnny Favs, John Favreau saw mm-hmm. that caused him to consider uh, Robert Downey Jr. for the role of Tony Stark. So when you really think about it, this movie led to the creation of the MCU. So kiss, kiss, bang, bang, change cinema forever. And that's... <laughs> so they owe Shane Black a check. They, which they gave to him for Iron Man 3. True. As I've no doubt talked about before, I adore this movie. I love kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Even It's a very recent favorite. I first watched it. I first watched it two years ago right around this time and like what I think are like the perfect circumstances to watch this movie is it like I couldn't sleep and like I was just going through like HBO at one in the morning like around Christmas time and this was Uh just like on and I and I had um I had seen the Russian roulette scene before because I think like that's the most like famous scene from the movie that you know kind of gets talked about outside of it yeah so I was like oh I'll check it out and then it was like boom, it feels like this movie was made for me. You know, one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I also um speaking of my dad, he we um kind of introduced me to um the Lethal Weapon franchise, which is how um Shane Black uh got his sort of um bread and butter. Is that the correct phrase? That's the correct phrase. Yeah, it is. His bread and butter butter, yeah. And maybe the smoothest transition I've ever given to myself, you know, Shane Black uh, sort of rose to prominence in the 80s 
AKA like cocaine fueled action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in, like, uh, I, I don't know if this was like before, right around the same time, weirdly enough that he was like a screenwriter, he was doing like some acting, like he's one of the main, um, soldiers and predator that gets wiped mm-hmm. out by the predator. He writes the script for a movie called a little movie called lethal weapon. Uh, this is reading straight off the Wikipedia. Eventually black wrote an action film script, lethal weapon in about six weeks, which landed him a $250,000 deal with Warner brothers. That is fucking shit <laughs> compared to now. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, I'm sure if you adjusted for inflation, but you know, nowadays you hear about how like impossible it is to pitch like an original idea for a movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, nowadays you have to have like a presentation, like a PowerPoint, like, you know, how the, uh, the demographic breakdown, what age group is, is going to appeal to, you know, like, can this, can a streaming spinoff series be made? But in 1980 something, Shane Black went into Warner Bros and was just like, here's a thing. I got an idea. Two cops, but they don't really get along. And it spawned a franchise. Yeah. And Warner Bros was like, uh, here's two, here's a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Lethal Weapon rules. I have not seen it since I was in middle school. So I'm just going to assume that I, it I'm, up. I'm the same way. I haven't <laughs> seen that since middle school. Uh, I want to talk about Lethal Weapon 2 because I think that's important to this movie. But um, he also helped write the Monster Squad. I feel, have I told you to watch before, Moises? Yeah, you have. I want to see. When it. did we, was that on Hubie Halloween? Did we it, talk it about was, that? It was on Hubie Halloween. Oh man, Monster uh, Monster Squad rules. I haven't seen that since I was ten, so I'm gonna assume it holds up. But <laughs> and and he also wrote um, a movie that we both saw and like enjoyed a lot, Last Action Hero. Oh right, yeah. Good year for him. I'm looking at this uh, Monster Squad, which he helped write, um, Lethal Weapon, which he wrote, and then Predator, which he was in, all came out in 1987. Great good year, year for, for the guy. Yeah, good year for the guy. Kind of uh, what I think, well, like I was saying, I think I'll talk about as we go, but I think is important to this movie. Warner Bros, you know, requests a Lethal Weapon sequel and he writes the first draft. It's unclear. I'm not sure because I always just assumed it was the ending Warner Bros changed, but apparently the studio didn't like how dark and violent the script was mm-hmm. and especially that because the biggest change um spoiler alert if you've seen lethal weapon if you haven't seen lethal weapon 2 um it's a cool movie <laughs> but uh, martin riggs mel gibson's character at the end gets shot a bunch of times and in shane black's original script he died okay because that's what happens to people typically when they're shot in the chest a couple times the studio, if you, of course, changes it to a happier ending. And it's literally like the original ending is like uh, Danny Glover's character goes over to Mel Gibson's body and just like kneels by it sad and all the mm-hmm. camera zooms out. But they went in and added like voiceover narration from the two of them talking to each other <laughs> while one of them's like bleeding out, waiting for the ambulance to show up. You know, after that, he's kind of uh, burned out with the studio system, takes a sabbatical. Um, and then 
writes this movie called The Last Boy Scout, and he gets one point seven five million dollars for it in nineteen. Ah, damn. <laughs> and he also earned, uh, like we were talking about, a million dollars for his rewrite of Last Action Hero. Yeah. Holy and then crap. <laughs> I okay. This is I. I was couldn't. I didn't know if I was misremembering this, but he then sets a record by receiving $4 million for writing The Long Kiss Goodnight, which I think is, like, at the time, the highest a screenwriter was ever paid for. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Bad critical reception of that. And he also gets rejected from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences that sort of spurs Shane Black to attempt something out of his, you know, wheelhouse, the action genre. So he decides at, when he sets out first sets out the right kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He decides I'm going to make it a romantic comedy. Uh-huh. It's going to be about these like two kids, you know, kind of quirky story about these two kids then go out to L.A. And um, he actually he was inspired by someone we talked about on the show already. James L. Brooks, who did, among other movies, Spanglish, showed uh, he uh, Shane Black showed the script to him. Brooks was like, you got something here. But as the draft, you know, the it was sort of losing focus, Uh, you know, the romantic comedy version of the movie isn't working. So he decides, like, fuck it, I got to put a murder in it. You know, (laughs) reworks the screenplay, adds the character of Gay Perry and is very inspired by like, um, you know, kind of pulpy noir books um, like Raymond Chandler stories or um it claims to be based upon the novel um bodies are where you find them by brett halliday but i haven't really (laughs) looked to see how close it is anyway who cares about that shit this is the casting the script okay so he's got the script it's at this point the movie isn't called kiss kiss bang bang until like they're editing it you know oh really yeah uh, the original title is You'll Never Die in This Town Again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on its way. It's uh, it's not as fucking dope as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. I, I guess it's like you'll never work in this town again, but it's like it's not really a play on words. You know, it's just yeah. replacing gets rejected by a bunch of studios. And then his producer from the Lethal Weapon days, Joel Silver. Um, helps him out, you know, sort of shepherds the project. And now it's retitled to LAPI. Damn it. They still have, they're still not there yet. But Yeah, that sounds like a ABC even w- show. It's worse. <laughs> the leading role, this, this is, they have three actors who were considered for the role. Uh-huh. And I, you could put together three more different actors than these three, but it would be very tricky. The leading role, Harry, had been considered for Benicio Del Toro, Hugh Grant, and Johnny Knoxville. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I think the only one who I could even picture doing that is Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, on same. Hugh Grant's too charming. Yeah, and then Johnny Knox was just Johnny. Knox. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I just what a what a weird selection, a trio of people. And even then, I mean, they end up picking Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, 
um, RDJ. That's who's, weird. You know, fresh out of jail at this yeah. point. I, I think, did he have, I think, a stint in rehab also? Yeah, he did. He hears about um, the movie from his then girlfriend, Susan Levin, who worked as the assistant for Joel Silver, the producer. It's all connected, you know, it's destiny, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's working with Silver on some other movie called um, Gothica. Meets with Silver. And is like pitches himself for the role, gets an audition. And because they they liked his performance, but most importantly, they had a $15 million budget and they knew he'd be cheap. So that's yeah. showbiz, you know. Yeah. Um, the title Kiss Kiss Bang Bang comes from, I believe, like James Bond movies in Italy, due to just sort of some sort of like cultural or like translation thing, are referred to as like kiss kiss bang bang movies. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also this collection of essays and um, analysis by the, um, she is a legendary um, film critic, so I feel bad I'm about to butcher her name, Pauline Kale. Her um, book of essays was called uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because she said that was like at its core, the most basic appeal of cinema. Yeah. And that's what Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is. And Shane Black felt, you know, it was a um, a very blunt title that described how the plot was half romantic comedy and half murder mystery. Yeah, there is a lot of bodies dropped in this movie. Yeah, I was surprised. High body count. Yeah. There's also a, bo- a couple bodies that are literally dropped. Yes. Off the building. Yeah. <laughs> off the <of> building. <laughs> Into a dumpster. I, that scene like shocked me. I think I gasped, like audibly <laughs> gasped when I saw that. Well, I mean, once you get started on the movie, there's a there's something else I'd like to talk about. That's, yeah, let's uh, get so yeah, let's you want to get started on the movie. Wait, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Uh, so okay, yeah, because I I don't have anything else to say about before the movie we start the movie. Oh. Another th- real quick before we go, because I I have um, I was doing reading through it last night. Um, I highly recommend if you're interested at all in like um, screenwriting or just writing in general, reading the script for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that's online. Because uh, something Shane Black is sort of known for that I don't think was like the norm at the time in Hollywood is he made like the stuff in between the dialogue, like fun to read. Mm-hmm. Like he would always put like jokes or like, this like, ugh, what's the word? Loquacious. <laughs> that's a, that's a purple word above my pay grade. Hang on. Just like the way he makes like the basic log lines, you know, interesting to read, I think is really cool. But yeah. Anyway, movie starts at a County fair in Southern Indiana. We see main character Harold as a kid doing a magic trick of like cutting um, his assistant harmony in half. And it looks like at first my dad pointed out that the chainsaw they're using still has the chain on. Yeah. So it it is actually like very dangerous what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, But like as the, 
whoever this fucking guy is starts like sawing the box in half and Harmony starts screaming and like all the adults and Harmony's dad run over and open it and see that like she was like, you know, not actually being hurt. She was just faking it. And she says, um, I'm going to be an actress. And then her dad raises a hand to backhand her title sequence. Probably. I'm going to say in my top five title sequences ever. Oh, yeah. A title sequence like this is like a. if you want to win me over in the first five minutes of your movie, a title sequence like this is the way to do it. Oh, my God, it is. Oh, this. If you're not going to watch this, if you're listening and you haven't watched it, you're probably not going to watch it. At least go search up the title sequence and watch the title sequence. (laughs) Oh my God, that title sequence is beautiful. So after that, the the dope ass title sequence. Also, I really like this movie's score. Like it's not. Oh yeah. It's it's just like it has. It's like this sort of main motif that was stuck in my head for a little bit. Yeah. Um. Even when I'm just like driving to go get gas, it's gonna be playing in my head. <laughs> yeah. It's good sneaking music, you know. <laughs> it's like, ooh, this movie's about detectives. When you got to do some sneaky shit. Yeah. There's also like some sleigh bells in it sometimes. It's like, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. But after the title sequence, come back to, uh, we start at a party in LA where we see Harry now played by Robert Downey Jr. is sort of a fish out of water at this party. Yeah. Um, I love the first shot of him through the pool. He's all like, you know, when he's all like distorted and wavy. And this also, I just love the narration in this movie. I know that's a weird thing to point out, but like, I think a movie like this is like very Uh self-aware. And I think sometimes you can be self-aware to the point that it's kind of annoying. Uh Deadpool, Deadpool. Deadpool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh God, Deadpool. Like, exactly. When I was like saying that, I was thinking like, what am I thinking of? Deadpool. Yeah, straight yeah. up Deadpool. Happy Death Day, even though I kind of like that movie, also comes to mind. As just something that's like, we get it. We know we know that you know you're a horror movie. <laughs> we get it. Stop pointing out the tropes to us and then doing them anyway. But I was going to yeah, the narrator too is like a... Throughout the movie, it's it becomes established. It's a like an unreliable narrator. Yeah, he because he constantly forgets shit yeah. and has to like circle back. Um, and the there there, I think uh, the complaints that I have in this movie. I think the biggest complaint I have is that Robert Downey Jr.'s character Harry doesn't isn't wearing a Yankees hat. <laughs> I feel like he should be wearing a Yankees hat. At least one of the outfits. He should have a Yankees hat on. I also wanted to point out the the fit he's he has at this party. Because <laughs> yeah. he's got like, okay, start. we'll start from the bottom, go up. He has like loafers on, like dress shoes. Yeah. It looks like. Then sweatpants. Like this like really ratty like sweater. Yeah. It's like striped. Yeah. Like, like brown with like green and gray stripes. And then he has like a suit jacket on over it or like some sort of coat. Fit God. Yeah. I was like, fuck, that's a good fit. Even though it's like he's meant to look like kind of schlubby. The, <laughs> like script, shit. 
the script describes Harry as, uh, and this is what I'm talking about with the script, like just these kind of like descriptors, describes him as almost handsome. Okay. Which I, I just think is a fun, like, I don't know. I just think that's a fun way to describe a character that's going to be played by Robert Downey Jr. Or Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Harry, um, over narration, uh, kind of introduces us to the, it's like a Hollywood party, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like this g- woman comes up to him and asks like what he does. And for some reason he says he invented dice at a young age and he's <laughs> retired now. <laughs> I love expensive, like two second jokes like this, where that she mentions that she's an actress and then it cuts to her in some like shitty B movie, like naked screaming as a werewolf, like yeah, decapitates her. Like that, that was like an entire day of filming. Yeah. To, to get a cutaway joke. Um, but I love shit like that. God, the quotes page for this on IMDb is long. I, I might just have to control it. Okay. Um, my, one of my favorite lines, like while he's narrating this opening party is he says, anyway, by now you may wonder how I wound up here or maybe not. Maybe you wonder how silly putty picks shit up from comic books. Point is I don't see another goddamn narrator. So pipe down. I just love shit. I just love that. Dude. It's yeah. This is destiny. (laughs) Yeah. I I was looking at the script and I was like, all right, I'm going to go find my favorite line. And I legitimately just scrolled a bunch and stopped exactly on my line. Oh, fuck. That's so weird. Uh, It's a rare, like, I think just to talk about how good I think the dialogue of this movie is, is it, it feels like some of it would be improvised by the Uh actors, you know, and I think some of it is, but like, a lot of the lines are like word for word how they are in the script. Oh yeah. And I think that just speaks, he can create dialogue that's very witty and very clever, but still feels like natural. Yeah. Cause you know, that's how LA is, you know, everybody, everybody (laughs) sticks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. This is a movie that like simultaneously makes me hate LA and want to live there, you know, Mm -hmm. just to say like, yeah, I live in fucking LA, whatever. Uh, And we see uh, it does a flashback how Harry got to the party. We see him in New York with his partner in crime and they're robbing a toy store. Yeah. I like that. It's such a, he's such a shitty criminal. Like he's robbing a toy store. I mean, it is just and then he like, looks and it's like he's robbing the bargain bin. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not even robbing oh, the expensive God. Like stuff. he's such a low class of criminal. You know, he, he can't even like rob like the nice toys. But I th- it's he's trying to get um, a toy for his niece. Which they smartly changed because in the script, the girl on the phone refers to him as dad. And they smartly change it to like she calls him Uncle Harry in the actual movie i think because like this is the pretty much the first and like last time this daughter is ever mentioned or heard from yeah so it makes harry a little easier to root for you know that he isn't a complete absentee father he's a a cool uncle uncle. yeah Yeah, he's a cool (laughs) uncle but he's also kind of a shitty uncle uh then the fucking train goes by knocks like whatever wire they had rigged up uh activates the burglar alarm in the toy store as they run away, as they run away, it turns out they brought a gun. One of them has the gun and the other has bullets. Yeah. As like 
I guess like a, in case they got caught like a bargaining thing maybe or just like I don't know it <laughs> I I mean I'm not complaining about it because I, I just think it shows that they're both kind of stupid criminals yeah but it's just funny to me that it's like they thought they would potentially need a gun for a toy store robbery and it's like a it looks like a smaller gun too yeah uh but as they like um run away it's like a woman from her balcony has a gun trained on them and is trying to perform a citizen's arrest it seems (laughs) (laughs) she's like in her like sleeping stuff like she's ready she's in her pajamas she's ready to go to sleep (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if we talk this feels like something we talked about in the podcast before, but me and my friends are obsessed with the idea of a citizen's arrest. We just think it's the funniest shit. Ever. Oh, it is the fu- me and my me and my friends. Are- <laughs> Dude, we will be driving, and like my friend will forget to like put a left turning signal or something, and they're just like, "Hey, <laughs> citizen's arrest!" Like you know, put your left arrest. turning signal. Like we believe if someone like tries to like put you under a citizen's arrest like legally you should be allowed to kill them it's like fair game (laughs) (laughs) seeing like my neighbor like pop like pump like shotgun shells into his family and being like hold it right there sir (laughs) i'm placing you under a citizen's arrest like i tie him in a rope like i'm like fucking bugs bunny or something (laughs) anyway harry's partner is waving the gun around to show her that it's not loaded and she um shoots him but the bullet goes through harry's arm into his uh, partner's chest and uh keeps firing at harry so harry has to like scramble and run away uh they you know a cop car shows up and as he's running from the cop car he stumbles into an audition for a movie He's I don't think he's in any scene except this first one, but I love how like kind of slimy the producer is. Mm-hmm. He's just like such an asshole. <laughs> um, the scene is like um, for like some sort of like cop private eye movie. Other the scene partner is like saying like you got your partner killed. Uh, and Harry doesn't is, you know, trying to realize you know set like read the script and he's doing it very plain but after the line you know you got your partner killed harry freaks out has this like meltdown and um it's a you know about his real life partner who just got killed uh but the people doing the audition are so impressed they're like wow he's method you know yeah put, put, yeah send him to la yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like um this is a movie that could only be made by someone who has gotten like chewed up and spat out by the studio system kind of like how shane black did exactly like i feel like the mission the theme of the movie among other things is like it's all bullshit you know hollywood it's all bullshit like uh, like it's not exactly a pretty much everything about hollywood is about how it's all bullshit kind of i guess this is skipping around but we find out that like the they this audition like sending him to la isn't even like he doesn't even actually have a chance of getting into this movie you know it's just like uh to bluff with uh to call colin farrell on his bluff because colin farrell wants too much money to be in this movie yeah so you, you know he's just being used you know it's all you know it's all bullshit but anyway that's how harry gets to the party um and we also meet um harmony played by Michelle Monaghan. 
who is, I think, genuinely fantastic in the movie. I say that so I could follow it up with every time I watch this movie for an hour and 40 minutes, I'm like convinced she's the most attractive woman on the planet. Um, um, but that's the, she's she's also fantastic. That's I you know, I I'm following. No comment. No comment. There's also like a line by like, you know, because uh, we see like Harmony, she's like at the party and she's like talking to someone and like Harry and narration is talking about like he's, you know, He's like me getting to L.A. That was just like random. But she was like destined to go to L.A. And, you know, she was she's supposed to, you know, she's supposed to be here. And like he's like in reference to her her legs. He's like, God, look at those stems. I mean, you know, not that like (laughs) not that that's like the reason she should be here. He's an unreliable narrator sometimes because he's horny. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's a part later in the movie where he misses out on like what's probably a very important bit of exposition because he's like staring at her tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the in narration, you know, um how Harmony got to the party. She's from Southern Indiana. Who's your represent? <laughs> she, you know, her mom had died at a young age and she found comfort in Johnny Gossamer novels, which is in the movie, this like series of like hard boiled, like pulp, you know, novels where there's where like a heart, you know, a take no shit private eye deals with dames and bus heads. Yeah. Had this like escapist fantasy of, you know, Johnny Gossamer coming to save her and her little sister who is being um, abused and molested by their father. Yeah. You know, Johnny Gossamer never shows up, but from the novel, she gets this dream of going to L.A. A bit of like a moment I love is like when Harmony's like on the bus to L.A. As she like, you know, um, leaves on the bus, Harry talks about how the guy who wrote the novels died. And before he died, he said he wrote them all for money. It was, you know, just all bullshit. Yeah. And he says, like, that didn't stop Harmony because after all, who was he? Yeah. He's like, oh, not the author of the fucking novels or anything. Yeah, yeah. And then (laughs) right after this, the, like, movie freezes because he realizes he forgot to, like, talk about the robot thing. Yeah. Because he mentions, like, she got to the party because of some robot thing. And it was, like, an actor who played protocop is, like, her neighbor and, like, got drunk and, like, put on the protocop costume and, like, stumbled into her home. Yeah. And she like scares him with the back and he falls over the balcony and goes into a coma. And like while she's getting interviewed by the news about it, like we see the producers watching the news and he's like, he's going on this whole thing about how he's like, about like how hot she is. And then he, he like says this, is like, what the fuck am I telling you this for? Invite her to something. Uh, he has a weird I, I don't know the exact line but he says something like see this is what they do they do it all wrong they don't show her lower um, half at all it's what like in, it's like playboys you know they would always put it behind a, a bed yeah. post, you know, so there'd be a shadow cut what the fuck am I telling you for invite her <laughs> I think a kind of reoccurring line throughout Harry always says is like it's like destiny you know yeah I was uh, I, I had to go do something real quick and I saw um, on the news the UK is beginning vaccinations tomorrow. Oh, that's tomorrow already? Yeah. Oh. The UK is, dude, Moises, they're making children of men a real thing. Let's do it. I'm done. 
the UK gets the, the what's it fucking called in Children of Men? Like the quietest or whatever. What's it the? Yeah, the quietest. The quiet. <laughs> to avoid just like describing the movie, you know what? What is there anything you wanted to talk about in this party scene? You know, like there's like uh, like what you were talking about earlier. There's a lot of movies in Hollywood about Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, and you know a lot of those movies. The way people describe them is like, oh, it's a love letter to Hollywood. You know, yeah. Um, but I, I actually like if someone were to say that about this movie, I would actually believe it. Um, for yeah. this one, because it's almost like, like you know, you're comparing it to like you know Shane Black. This is the way he feels about Hollywood now after he got yeah. chewed up and spat out by the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like you can tell that love hate relationship he has. It's, yeah, it's it's all set up perfectly in the in yeah. this scene. Uh huh. Like the, the thing with the Johnny Gossamer books, you know, is like it's all bullshit. But like, you know, it still means something to me. Yeah. You know, you know it's like the kind of love hate relationship you were talking about. In this scene, they're at this uh, producer's house at the party. Harmony kind of wanders around, and she finds on a shelf like just all these Johnny Gossamer books. Yeah. And she kind of starts going going through them, um, and she's also, I can I think. Because in the movie, I think it's like she's had a little too much. But in the yeah. script, which I, uh, in the script, it's like she just worked like a double shift and hasn't slept in like 24 hours. And she just okay. like falls asleep. So let's say assume a bit of both. Because she's like chugging coffee when we first see her, I think. She, the, the, the rant she has about how Rudolph is racist. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two things I want to talk about real quick about Harmony's character is it like a I feel like she has more to do than the average like female character in a movie like this would mm-hmm. just in terms of like she gets to be funny you know she kind of has she's like she's poised as like at first to be like a sort of like femme fatale but she has like she it feels like the, the like the bar is so low but you know she has like an agenda she has like you know her own wants and like a personality and also that like i think this is like one of michelle monahan's first movies and really? she's yeah she and she like holds her own really really well sandlerverse like, sandlerverse Oh fuck! She was in Pixels. That's pixels, right. Yeah. Oh. oh damn, damn, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, but I, she holds her own with RDJ and Kilmer very well. She she does. She's really really good in this. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so she's at the party and she passes out, and this like creep comes up and like starts kind of like feeling her up a little bit. Harry you know, confronts the guy, like says, you know, like walk away. Don't even think, just do it. Yeah. Cause he, she caught his attention earlier, mm-hmm. like in the party. Yeah. And, um, the, the, the it kind of escalates to Harry's like, you know, like if you're not going to walk away, let's take you and me, take this outside, you know? And he's yeah. like acting very big and tough. Yeah. And I, when, when this dial, this exchange is happening, I thought like, oh, he's a thief. Like, yeah, he probably can whoop this guy's ass. Like he's yeah. probably like, yeah, he looks very, you know, cold. Like, yeah, you, you can sense it. Like he means it. Yeah. Um, and then like hard, hard cuts cut. <laughs> to him getting his shit rocked outside. Yeah. 
I like that like the music kind of cuts out too. So it's just like silence and like Yeah, and the people are just watching. Like nobody's yeah. like doing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just such a great like introduction. Like this whole scene is just a great introduction to like who this character is. Yeah. And then I like, think he's a, he, he, oh, it just ahead. establishes, yeah, sorry. Um just wanted to say real quick, it just establishes like he's all talk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, then it's just we get introduced to Gay Perry. Gay Perry. Perry Van Strike, um, Private Eye, just went incorporated. And he works as a consultant for Hollywood. Yeah. And um, has been hired to put Harry through the ropes, you know, teach him how to be a private eye. I don't know if this is like super important, but I just want, I was like, while watching the movie last night, like the the main three characters, like, Gay pair like uh, Perry, Harry, and Harmony. Like their names just kind of like fit together nicely, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's just satisfying to say their names together, you know? Yeah. Gay Perry is one of my favorite characters in an action movie ever. <laughs> I love Gay Perry. So he's so good. He's he, really good. He was, because um, Shane Black the, said the character of Gay Perry was his like kind of inspired by like he realized like he wanted to break stereotypes he said he had never seen like the gay guy who kicks down the door shoots everyone and bails your ass out before yeah and that's kind of like um and i'm pretty sure in the script when they first introduce him they say like obviously a gay a very gay man or something like that yeah like he's still like they they don't like they he, he's still like gay like they don't try and like he's like very like open about it like he's yeah. like not ashamed of it like uh i think uh harry says like oh are you still gay and he's like oh no i'm drowning in pussy i just like the name so much <laughs> <laughs> kilmer's deli- like just deadpan delivery of that line he's like oh no i'm knee deep in pussy yeah <laughs> one of my favorite comedic performances in a movie like this yeah it's um, really good like but I you, wanted to, make, you wouldn't expect it from Val Kilmer, but no. uh, he's really good in this. No, Val Kilmer is a, it's a shame what's happened. He's because he's a talented dude. I think he's like I, I think he had throat cancer. At one oh point. man, that's a yeah, it's a bummer. But a talent like surprisingly like he's one of those guys that has like the chiseled jaw of like a leading man, uh-huh. but he's like a talented character actor. Yeah, like this heat. Heat. That's the. I think that's the prime example. Yeah, we turned twenty five yesterday. I meant to text you about it. Holy happy heat day! Oh man, heat's a, he. He looks like shit in heat. By the end of that movie, he has like the ponytail, but then at, at the end, his face is all fucked up. Uh, heat's and um, another one that comes to mind is um Tombstone. He's Doc Holiday, and he just like. There's chewing the scenery and there's like making a three course meal of the scenery. Uh, he's also Iceman and Top Gun. He's the Frosted Tips. Fuck. Velcomer uh, is a good actor. Yeah, but uh, I wanted to make a montage of just like every single time Gay Perry just demolishes Harry. <laughs> like just with words. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Because immediately he's like calling him an idiot. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Um, and uh, like while he's like, you know, he's like patching Harry up, like, you know, cleaning his like wound or whatever. The producer of the party, 
Let me um double check the name. Dabney Sh- no. Dabney Shaw's the other producer. Um Harlan Dexter, who's like the host of the party. They like Harlan Dexter comes over, says hi, and like reveals it's like a party for his daughter, you know, uh, who like um what was his what's Harlan's daughter name? Does does she have a name? I think it's Ronnie. Anyway, yeah, uh, Harlan's daughter had recently, like, at first had a lawsuit against him, was trying to yeah. sue him, but she recently dismissed it, and they've, like, reconciled, apparently. <laughs> Gay Perry is, like, like you know, telling Harry, like, um, about the whole thing. Like, he says, like, you know, she went to Paris for a little bit or something, and then um, now she's born again. Yeah. So, you know, she's made up with her father. Yeah. <laughs> and I like um the scene like freezes again like it did before and harry's like oh god that's a fucking terrible scene like ooh, wonder why that's in there you think that'll be important later (laughs) (laughs) and this whole movie is filled of just like fast super witty dialogue it reminds me of like um something brad pitt said about tarantino's dialogue and it like Tarantino's dialogue is like what you think of on the car ride home after something. Yeah. Like, oh, I should have said that. That would have been cool. Yeah. And I think Shane Black has something like that, except that, like, what I like, and we'll talk about as we go, is it like he's not afraid to make characters look uncool. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. especially in this movie and the nice guys. Like, um, like it's witty, it's clever, but Harry's stupid. Like, he's a dumb, dumb man. <laughs> uh, and, like, you know, they all have, like, kind of, I don't know. It's, uh, it's there's something I love about it so much. But it, it does sound like they, you know, like, um, it's dial, it's stylized dialogue where it sounds like each person had, like, a couple days to think of what they were going to say for this. But it still feels, like, natural to me. Yeah. I think that's a hard thing to pull off. Oh, but Perry also says like that girl you were you know after uh, she's done some work for me she usually hangs out at this club uh harry goes to the club finds her there they flirt for a bit um it's just a nice scene they have really good chemistry yeah uh, but oh, i yeah sorry I, I was gonna say uh important to the plot um before he like goes and sits with her he he talks to a girl like a um, attractive uh, mm-hmm. As most of the characters in this movie, mm-hmm. LA. Um, and it, 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 no, not true. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, they, uh, I, she's like just conversating with him, and she says, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" He says, "Oh, I'm a private investigator." And she's like, "Oh, okay." Like, <laughs> and that's important for yeah. the movie. And uh, she also just like walks away, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, she literally that's just it. walks yeah, away." Okay, that's it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, like that's the second time someone. Because someone at the party also comes up and is like, what do you do? Like, there's no, like, you know, like, foreplay here. It's just like, what do you do? Can you get me somewhere else in life, you know? Can you get me to the next step of the ladder? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's trying to chat up Harmony. They're doing this fun, there's this fun bit where they, like, point out someone in the bar and say, like, he looks like a Brazilian Billy Bob Thorne or, like, Native American Joe Pesci, punk rock Steven Seagal. Um, and then her friend comes over and gets him to like, and is like, you know, she does, she doesn't want to talk to you, you know, leave. Mm-hmm. 
the one bit like one of the few lines of dialogue that got my dad because like i said he's usually not into that kind of stuff is she like tells him like you know that table over there is a recommended cheese ball hangout and he says your mouth is a recommended place to put a sock my dad got a <laughs> chuckle out of that one <laughs> anyway he leaves and then harmony reveals we kind of spoiled it in our summary of the movie that she's been waiting for him to recognize her because they went they grew up together in indiana yeah, yeah and we learned that he was like her best friend yeah uh he was the shoulder to cry he says like i was the shoulder to cry on meanwhile she was doing every other guy yeah damn there's a fucking line here where ah oh, damn like oh I, I think i know what you're talking about let me it's something it, like uh it was the I first gotta, time i felt it how pitying someone yes to fuck them can get all tangled up in your yes head. yes <laughs> overwhelming sadness meanwhile you got a rodney is that sick yeah i think that's sick yeah that's the line that, that uh it, it made me laugh a lot pretty loud yeah that's it <laughs> and the kid playing young down you know young harry has like just like like weird expression like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to it's oh it's also um important that harmony left her sister in indiana yeah um the, the eventually i think what she felt bad about like we we learned in the narration that like she yeah. felt bad about it yeah and i think like the foster parents like the, she left her with foster parents like they got they got away from their dad but she left her sister on her own right i think so I can't remember if that's like something that was in the script that wasn't in the movie that I, I'm getting. No, I, I think I think that was a thing. And it, um, you know, she talks about how she regrets leaving her sister behind, and um, she also it's 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 really sad. But it's a it's she says like um, I didn't I didn't get famous because there's a joke earlier where she's like pointing out someone at the bar and she's like that actress she's 35 and she's still trying to get into acting you know yeah you missed it honey. And he says, like, uh, you know, may I ask how old you are? And she goes, 34. 34. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a baby, she says. He says, like, you know, I, you didn't get famous yet. Uh, she talks about how she has this um, beer commercial she was in with, like, the Gennaro's bear. Uh, and then it, like, looks like they're going to hook up. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, you know, come back to my hotel. You can bring your friend. And then, like, fades to black, and when it comes back up, he wakes up in bed with her friend. Yeah. <laughs> what what I, I was, like, the first time I watched the movie, I think I was, like, sort of expecting that. But, like, um, like it faded to black, and I remember my mom said, like, oh, did they sleep together? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, my mom... Oh, it still gets my mom, got my mom, hook, line, and sinker, I guess. I don't think my mom liked it. At one point, um, I'll, I'll mention later, my mom said, like, this movie is so fucked up. <laughs> but uh, he goes to her, and there's um, something I never realized until this watch that's foreshadowed here. Is it like, he's like, you know, he goes to her house and he's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, uh, you know, wrong. He's like trying to like rebuild this bridge like he's like you know wrong uh she says i left while your tongue was down my friend's throat and he's like no wrong throat wrong woman uh <laughs> oh and yeah yeah and she, he tries to bullshit you know and like get back with her but she slams the door and he has to like 
move his hand yeah, so that yeah, it's not yeah. slammed in the doorway. I, I just like this shot of like um him with like lighting a cigarette with all the like palm trees behind him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We get in um the first detective lessons scene where Gay Perry is doing a stakeout. He's been hired to like follow this dude out of this cabin, you know, in the like forest. And Perry like tells him, <laughs> Harry's like, who hired you? And Perry's like, you know, this woman, um, she, uh, he says her name and Harry says, is she good looking? And Perry like says this whole thing of like, yeah, she invites me over. She's got nothing on but the radio. You know, she sits in my lap. And Harry's like, really? And Barry says, no, idiot. She hired me over the phone. <laughs> she hired me over the phone. Like, Perry's whole thing is like, this shit is not as exciting as it is in the stories, yeah. in the movies. Yeah. During the stakeout, um, they're like trying to follow this car. And like, they go down to a lake. And as they get down there, this car is sent like over a cliff and into the lake. Mm -hmm. They, uh, Perry goes to like, uh goes underwater because he they hear they hear something in the car that makes them think there's someone in there right perry goes down because harry doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and they hear <laughs> he hears gunshots yeah and perry comes out he like shot the trunk open and he's like holding this woman yeah they put her on the sh shore and harry asks like is she dead and he gave Gay Perry is the epitome of play stupid games, get stupid prizes, you know. Yeah. He <laughs> says, like, no, she's just resting her eyes. Of course she's dead. Her fucking <laughs> neck's broken. Uh, they see two people watching them from the ridge and, like, ski masks to get back in their car and drive off. And Harry's like, we, we got to chase after those guys. And Perry's like, no, we go to the police. Yeah. You know, this isn't a movie. You, you just, you go to, you find a dead body, you go to the police. Or, um... And then Harry points out that in shooting the lock open, Gay Perry accidentally shot the body in the head. So they it's they're gonna have a you know they'll have a hard time convincing the police that her neck was broken after before he shot her in the head. Yeah. And I love this bit where Harry Harry is like, um, I keep calling him stupid and he kind of is, but he's like short-sighted smart, I think in a way. Yeah. Like he knows like what did what the smartest thing in the next five minutes to do is. So because he takes Perry's gun and throws it in the lake. You know, he's like, I'm getting rid of evidence, you know, which is like smart. Yeah. But Perry points out they're gonna drag the lake to find the car. Do you think they'll find my gun near it? Yeah. And then <laughs> this is when my favorite line comes up. <laughs> uh he said Gabe Perry says, Jesus, look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? Harry, picture of me, Perry. No, the definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. Oh, it's, that's so good. <laughs> but I also love the, like, uh, I love Perry's vocabulary sometimes. Like, that's a weird thing to point out. But, like, um, Perry, like, kind of goes at him. Like, you threw away my gun, you know? And Harry, like, holds up, like, this, like, video case they have. Like, hey, hey. Yeah. And Harry's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got a little nonplus there. I just, and he's like, whoa, what's that? And Harry's like, well, what is it? And Perry's like, what is, is that a clue? <laughs> like Harry holds like the, the case to look at him and Perry thunks him with it. Uh, 
I just love the way he goes, is that a clue? <laughs> like on the back of the briefcase they've been holding the whole time. And there's a callback because earlier um, Harry tells Harmony, like, I feel badly. Yeah. And she's like, no, it's badly is an adverb. You feel bad because if you yeah. say you feel badly, you're saying you're bad at feeling. And um, <laughs> when Perry drops Harry off the hotel, I love he says, um, um, I, w- I was like trying to write down my favorite bits of dialogue from the movie, but I eventually realized I would just be like transcribing the film. So I just had to stop at some point. But um, I think he says something like, I really need to go badly or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, he says, like, sleep badly. Any questions, hesitate to call. Uh, and Harry, thinking he knows, because he's been corrected, he's like, oh, it's sleep bad, actually. He's like, Jesus, who taught you grammar? He's like, who taught you grammar? Badly, what? Fuckhead, badly's an adverb. Who taught you grammar? <laughs> and he says, go, vanish. Um, and then, uh, as Harry gets out, he says, I'll give you a buzz. And gay Harry just says, die. <laughs> drives off but then comes back because harry left his phone gets a call from the police harmony has his number and uh, they say we have to call all these all the contacts you know we have to treat any suicide like a potential murder yeah so harry thinks that harmony. um harmony has killed herself yeah and he sits you know non-despondent on this against perry's car <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, Gay Perry, I'll talk, we'll talk about as we go, like in the ne- one of the next couple scenes. Perry is like very, like, you know, he's like the tough guy mentor, you know, mm-hmm. to this like rookie. And you can see, like, he doesn't really know how to like comfort Harry. He's like, hey, uh, it wasn't your fault. Yeah, it's not your, <laughs> you know, he says, um, it, everything happens for a reason or whatever. And, I love the the exchange they have where Harry says like what everything happens for a reason what so like I fall off a building and die means like 30 people on a bus in Baltimore get to survive a crash (laughs) Perry (laughs) says something like I've been to Baltimore you got it easy (laughs) (laughs) but then you know Perry says like hey I I gotta go I gotta I gotta go and Harry doesn't move so then Perry Perry, like pushes his head (laughs) up from the car and then speeds off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Harry goes up to his room and knock knock who's that at the door Harmony okay I there's not a great way to phrase this why is Harmony wet in this scene it was raining it started raining oh it, that's right thank you it turns out it was Harmony's sister had committed suicide but she had stolen um, Harmony's like driver's license credit cards debit cards so the police thought it was Harmony because um, gruesomely that Harmony's sister killed herself with a shotgun, so they couldn't really ID anything. She, <laughs> her friend Flicka told Harmony that Harry was a private investigator. So, yeah. Because that's what Harry told her. So she wants to hire Harry to investigate because um, she's like, she's has this whole theory that she was murdered. She's like, you know, she she wouldn't kill herself. She 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 took her birth control this morning. Why would she do that if she was going to kill herself? Um, and this is the scene we were talking about earlier, where like we're getting what is probably very important information, but Harry's like staring at her tits, like <laughs> yeah, her nipples starting like to slip wet out, and stuff. Yeah, her nipples starting to slip out. 
it's such a it's a kind of a bizarre scene but like she like falls asleep she like you know she's exhausted she collapses and um harry like eases her down on the bed and um he as he's like helping her down he sees like a spider on her chest and he's like trying to like flick it off but it crawls like into her bra yeah and so like he positions his hand and then flicks her tit and she like jolts awake and i like rd uh, i like how rdj like he keeps looking for it he just like mumbles himself where are you fuzzy little bitch you fuzzy like, little bitch <laughs> just trying to find a spider and then like She's like, you know, you grabbed my tits. It's no biggie. And he's like, it should be a biggie. Yeah. Anyway, he agrees to take a case is the point. And he like, uh, she's going to go home. He like, you know, offers her like a warm change of clothes. And as he goes to take a piss, we see out of focus in the bathroom behind him, the body from the lake. It's, God, it's <laughs> big laugh from my dad. Harry, he notices while peeing, and in shock, he turns to face it while still peeing, and he pisses on the body. It's because it's like the the stakes of the plot getting higher, right? Like the yeah. body is made; it somehow been placed in your hotel room. You know, it it also raises the stakes even higher because now Harry has put his fucking urine all over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, Harmony leaves, and Harry panics and calls Gay Perry. And I, this is like a contender for my favorite line, you know, because Harry's like, you know, there's a body, like, you know, it's a body from the lake. They gave her back. They put her in the bathroom. And Perry's like walking him through it. Like, okay, you need to stay calm. Like, listen to me, like find gloves, you know, move. We're going to have to move the body. You know, it's a frame up. They're trying to frame me for this. And Harry says, like, Perry, I peed on it. And <laughs> Perry starts to say something. And Harry says, like, yes, I peed on it. And now my question, and my question is. And no, like, my question. <laughs> no, my question. I get to go first. Why in blue perfect hell would you pee on a corpse? I was, I had that line ready to go to. I was going to say it. That, oh, I'm that sorry. Line, Here, you want to do it again? Line, no, like, that line is so good. I love that line. This, <laughs> I think you're right. Maybe Gabe Perry is like top 10 characters in a movie <laughs> in, in an action <laughs> just in movies in general in movies yeah but they perry comes to help move the body they wrap in like a shower curtain um they find a gun harry finds a gun um and perry also says like if it's a frame up that means there's a gun in your in your hotel room and the police are on their way and harmony downstairs like they see uh you know the police are saying like we're hearing a noise complaint about 714 and the as Harmony walks by, you know, the the hotel, like, um, secretary, whatever they're called, I forget, the worker, receptionist, that's the word. Is it? Yeah. Sure. Says, like, oh, that's a Lockhart, Harry Lockhart. And she says, oh, no, actually, um, the noise is coming from 514. You know, she covers for him, even though she doesn't know why the police are there. Yeah. Perry and Harry are upstairs trying to move the body and they're like kind of fumbling bumping into shit and they realize that there's a rooftop access it cuts from them looking at the sign that says rooftop access or roof access to like the body hurtling through the air of them just like having chucked it off and it like oh it's so gross it like hits the dumpster with like a thud that the, the the two cops like drive by and to cover um 
you know, they do the classic like kiss to like as like a cover thing. But gay Perry kisses Harry. It's a satisfying nice. sense to say, nice dudes rock. Uh, dudes fucking rock. Th- yeah, just, this scene's just bros being bros, bro session. This scene is just like, uh, it's just a really funny sequence, like kind of slapsticky. Uh, like there's a body that's been pissed on and like they've got to move it. So like they just like desecrate this body. Like they throw it off like an 80 story building or not 80 story. Fuck, that's a tall, that would be a tall building. Like a, a 10 story building. But anyway, uh, while they're going to get rid of the body, um, Harry reveals that he's like agreed to take on a case for Harmony. And Perry's like, no, you don't do that. The thing is, like, Perry's whole role in this movie is he's the one saying, you shouldn't do this. Yeah. And, and like, he's, does, he says, like, oh, it was a suicide. There. Case closed. Su- yeah, suicide. Case closed. She killed herself. You know, she's fucked up and she killed herself. It's sad, but, you know, that's that's what happens. Yeah. Um, on one hand, he's right. Like, every bit of danger these characters are put in is because Harry and but also Harmony just, like, keep putting their nose into stuff. Like, they keep investigating. But on the other hand, you know, it's like if they hadn't done all of this, you know, they wouldn't have ever found out like this. You know, it's like this question of like, is the truth worth your own, you know, danger is like classic noir. But then they find the next morning he's talking to Harmony about her case and he says he's like taking notes. And I just it like cuts him. I don't know what the fuck he's drawing. It's a cat. It's a cat. And it's, <laughs> it's yelling. It's yelling gato. Or yeah. Something. Gato, that's a cat in Spanish. That's why I knew it was I a cat. So. I thought so. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's barely a cat. Like you yeah. can't even tell it's a cat. <laughs> it's. I feel like it's a pretty common joke, but every time like a character acts like they're taking notes and then it cuts to them just like drawing something or like m- doing circles or <laughs> make drawing a circle or something, it just makes me laugh. I think that's funny. So I can't remember what exactly harmony tells harry in this scene but there's some important information that we'll remember by the time we get to the end of the movie and the next scene harry's talking to perry on a roof and oh i i think yeah. i think i remember what he tells her she yeah. tell, i think this is uh where she explains that she told her sister that uh her dad was uh the guy from the movie well from the books yeah yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. She's like, um, that because um, a film crew came through town to film, yeah. um, you know, a Johnny Gossamer TV movie. Yeah, and she, to make it, she told her sister, like, um, you know, like that's your real dad, just to make like the whole pain of like you know the abuse go be a little easier. Yeah. Um. Uh, which again it's like you know it's like the idea that it's all bullshit but it's like you know like there's some some sort of comfort in it like there's a reason we tell ourselves this bullshit yeah find out on the news that the body that they had you know dropped off on the side of the road was harlan dexter's uh born again daughter you know she had just resolved the dispute you know the lawsuit against him and you know now she's turned up dead so um harry goes to talk to gay Perry about it. And Harry's like, you know, that, that, you know, it's all starting to like, you know, Harry's like putting together this conspiracy. Like we, we were just at the party. That's how they made us, you know? And uh, Harlan Dexter's daughter turns up dead. And gay Perry says like, you're right. You're right. I'm telling you to leave town and fucking ignore all of this. 
just looking at this as like, you know, kind of a, a metaphor for how shitty of an industry Hollywood is. Like Gay Perry is like a pro. He's been there here for years. Like, you know, he's um he's a private eye, but he essentially reveals he's been a fixer for like Harlan Dexter. Yeah. You know, he he keeps metaphorical bodies hidden. It just it just says like look, just ignore it, you know, walk away, leave town. And Harry's like, but I got the screen test on Tuesday. And that's when Perry reveals like they're using you, you know, you're never going to get the part. It's Colin Farrell. You know, yeah. he's going to go to Colin Farrell. They're just trying to shave a few million off his price tag. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, and then like Harry tries, and then Harry punches Perry, but like Perry, like easily puts him in like a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, um, you know, at this point, Harry gives up. He go. he's at the airport where he runs into Flicka, the flight attendant. Oh, oh. Also revealed Perry told Harmony that um, Harry's not a real private eye. He lied. Um, Harry finds out from the flight attendant, just like do like something she says, that Harmony has like a stage name, right? Yeah. And that's her, Harmony's stage name, which is like on all her credit cards and stuff, was what was used to hire Perry for the first job. Um, The stakeout. It's like, you know, they talk, uh, Harry always talks about how Johnny Gossamer novels, he always takes on two cases that appear to be separate, but then by the end, you know, they're one case. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes to, uh, he goes to see Harmony to like tell her what he's found out and to apologize. And she slams the door on him. You hear him yelp because he had his like hand on the frame. And then like she slowly opens the door and she goes, did I just cut your finger off? <laughs> and he's like holding his hand and he's like, yeah, it's there. I don't want to look at it. And you see his like disembodied finger on the floor. It's, <laughs> it's such like, it's such like a random shitty thing to happen to someone. Yeah. And I think like, it just makes, I, I don't know. It just adds like a nice spice to the movie. Yeah. Like, and that's a, how, uh, like, uh, that's when I was watching it, I, I just couldn't, help myself but keep like thinking back to the nice guys because that's that's how the nice guys is it's like weird shit happening that you just wouldn't expect to happen but they don't make like a huge deal about it yeah well it's like weird shit you wouldn't expect to happen to like a movie character like you can totally see in someone in real life you know they then move their hand and the door cuts off their fucking finger yeah um it's like in the nice guys uh something is like when ryan gosling's trying to break into the building and he like punches the window out, the, yeah. the glass of the door out. And he like cuts his fucking arm up. Yeah. And it cuts to him in like an ambulance being like plugged into an IV because he, he's bleeding to death. Just like shit like that. I think adds like a nice, like, um, like I said, spice to the movie. You know, I think um, this movie is a great, like, a great, ex- like, shame, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys are really good at having the characters fuck up in ways that are like endearing. Because like a lot of times when characters fuck up in a movie, it's because like they have to be stupid because the uncharacteristic uncharacteristically stupid because the plot tells them to. You know, like the plot says like, oh, um, Thor has to be boastful and not immediately murder Thanos. You know, so that Thanos yeah. has time to snap. You know, like that kind of shit. While this is like, oh no, this is like 
a, a believable kind of stupid thing to happen. And he goes to the hospital while Harmony's like, she has to, she works like catering for like a party, you know, that's like her day job um, or night job, I guess, whatever. Harry gets it sewn back on, which like before I saw this movie, I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. Like I thought once you lost a finger, it was just done. No, nah, you could sew that bitch back on. Yeah. Can't you do the same for like arms? I think right. Or is I'm it not just, sure about arms. Yeah, I think arms. What? Yeah, <laughs> I think those I, are I done. Think, yeah, I think when that shit's gone, it's gone. But fingers, yeah. you know. Harmony's like, you're right. You're right. You know, like you got um, you're you're onto something. You know, come to this party and we'll talk. Harry, um, he's like high off his ass on painkillers. He goes to this like I like how weird this LA party is. It's like very surreal. There's like people yeah. in like, glass cages and shit. Yeah, we haven't mentioned it, but I um, really talked about it. But I think this is like a very good looking movie. I like really love like the color. Beautiful movie. Yeah, it's like very intense, like blues and like yellows. Yeah, um, it's like how LA feels. I think like or like how like L- LA feels at Christmas time. You know, it's very uh, intense, stylized, heightened. Yeah, they all like show up at the party. Like Harry is like high off his ass and he just like rants about how fucking weird everyone in LA is. Especially he has his line. It's really fucked up, but I thought it was funny. He says like, it's like someone shook Amer- the East coast and all the normal girls managed to hold on while everyone else fell in LA. Yeah. Perry. I forget what Perry says, but there's a bit where he's like, it's so like cartoonish. It's but I, I, it's like kind of out of place but i love it where he says something like kind of offensive and like some girl yells fuck you and throws a glass and perry like without even looking dodges it <laughs> they both realize that um I'm, sure, I'm gonna have to double check this this is when the plot starts to get a very detailed so at the party um they also realize that um i think was it that harlan dexter was um the in the johnny gossamer movie yeah 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 Yeah. he was he was the guy that harmony told her little sister was their real dad and so you know they start now they're they're starting to suspect that like you know harmony's death the the death of harmony's sister and this whole business with the dexter family are connected perry has to leave because he's been hired to do a stakeout like to follow this girl and make sure she's safe and at the party um there's i like I like every scene in this movie, but <laughs> I, I like this. Um, these two goons like kind of interrogating, beat up Harry a bit. They like, oh god, they punch him in the hand and like sever the finger, and he's like, I gotta get it sewn back on now. <laughs> I just got that fixed. I like the goons like they can't neither they can't really get their act straight. Like they have like one of them says like I'm the frying pan and he's mustard or some shit. Harmony is like driving Harry back to the hospital in the, and he's like in the backseat lying down because his fucking hands like severed. <laughs> uh, and she realizes she sees um, the two guys that beat on Harry and she follows him to the park where Perry is like doing his stakeout. And they realize that it's a trap that's been set for Perry. Uh, like Perry's had the bait is like this girl with pink hair that Perry is following. I, there was only like a couple like, action scenes in this movie like i think it's just two like it's this one and then the last one 
but both of them feel like complex i guess like i like how each one is set up it feels like it feels each one feels like kind of like a rube goldberg almost like this happens and this happens and then this happens it's so very like outlandish yeah yeah like um one of the goons is about to like run perry over with the car and harmony like stole harry's gun that he's been holding on to you know the gun that was going to be used to frame him and she's like running to go warn perry and she's like still in like high heels in this like skimpy skimpy santa outfit that she had to wear at the catering event Yeah, yeah she's got like fishnets and a mini skirt on and she like trips to like warn him and like as she trips like the gun goes off and like hits near Perry and warns him in time to like turn around. And like Perry's like an on-site mo- motherfucker, you know, like, yeah, like oh, and as yeah. he turns around, pulls out the gun and puts like three rounds into the windshield, you know, <laughs> there's a taco truck nearby. And the guy who's running that taco truck pulls out like a shotgun and starts shooting at him too. <laughs> Perry and like the goon are like about to shoot at each other and the taco gun guy like leans out with like an M1911 and like puts like five in the back of the Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know guns were so easy to get in LA. I thought they would have, I thought they had stricter shit for that. Uh, oh man, you could buy, you could buy one from like the a guy on the corner. But the, the, the big, oh shit moment of this scene is that the pink haired girl is like just trying to get away and she steals Harmony's car. But Harry is still Guess in what? the backseat. Harry's, Harry's still in the still backseat. The backseat. <laughs> passed out, <laughs> zonked off his mind. Uh, and then there's like a, a transitions. Harry wakes up in like her garage and like he comes out and he's like trying to find someone. He's like, I've been injured. You know, I need someone to take me to the hospital. And he hears two people and he like hides under the bed and we see the, the surviving goon um, and the pink haired girl. And like, you know, they they sit on top of the bed that Harry's under and there's some conversation like, you know, it sounds like she's like, an aspiring actress is yeah and she's like you know this i i appreciate you know the work but i it's this it's just also weird (laughs) like this got so fucked up and the goon says something like mr dexter wanted me to tell you no it won't happen again two like silent gunshots and she she like falls onto the ground i don't what is she she says something to harry i forget I think she's just like saying like, "Hey, you're here." Something yeah, like that. She's like, "Hey," and he's like telling her to be quiet. Yeah, you know. Uh, and it's like, I really like this scene because for like, oh, you know, we talked about Harry is like all talk, but just for like this one scene, you see something inside of him like shut off. Yeah, and like he um he comes out from under the bed. And like the the goon like left the gun on top of the bed because he he you know, there's no one he doesn't think there's anyone else in the house, and I like you know like Harry doesn't say anything and the goon's like hey you still here tough guy, you know ooh I see you got a gun now because like Harry picks up the gun, you're a real tough and then Harry just ices him yeah, oh it's it's a cool scene it's but, really cool, uh, <laughs> and I like one I guess. It's like what we've been talking about. This movie's really good at like undercutting badassness in a way that doesn't feel cheap, you know? Because mm-hmm. like the one that 
the worst example of this that comes to mind from a movie I actually love is in Thor Ragnarok. Bruce Banner is like, I know what I got to do. You know, like I got to become the Hulk and he jumps out of this ship and he just lands on the bridge with a thud. Mm -hmm. And then he turns into the Hulk. Yeah. Like that's an objectively funny scene. I think like I laughed my ass off. I laughed my ass off. But it kind of undercuts the badassness, you know, of it. Like it, it kind of like that's a big moment for his character and it feels a little cheapened as a result. But like this is like Harry has this moment where he like, you know, avenges this he also makes it look like she is the one that killed him and i think that's like part of like what i've been talking about like you know like everything's bullshit it's all fake but there's like a reason you know sometimes there's a reason why we like the bullshit's more comforting than the truth you know he creates this like you know narrative where she was like you know like she got shot by him and then she like you know um fought back you know which is like far from the truth, but it's like more comforting than the actual truth. And that like some rando guy couldn't stop her from being murder. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't stop her from dying and like got revenge. Or well, her. I, I guess um, it's weird, like putting this word on this movie. Cause mm-hmm. I guess it, it doesn't fit the, the similar tropes of a movie described as like realism. Yeah, it's almost like a bleak realism. Yeah, it's like very bleak. The movie. Yeah, it's like it's a noir. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see it like, oh yeah, this seems like something that this is how a person would react to this, mm-hmm. but it just makes it funny. It makes the situation funny because you—that's not normal in a movie for someone to do that. Yeah, and like I a little, and I think this is like an R, RDJ thing, just like because um. Okay, we're creds. I don't think we he's I think he's phenomenal in this movie. He's like yeah, he really is. funny, but he's also like in scenes like this, like I liked it while Harry is shooting him, like he kind of looks away every time he fires yeah. a gun because it's later established like he's never killed anyone before. Yeah. But in what I was talking about, like having like because this it they let this like badass, but it's also like kind of like you know, part of Harry's soul being chipped away. <laughs> yeah, moment happen. And then, like, right, and like, after we've come back from that, you know, uh, there's a dog in the house and it eats Harry's finger. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, if, you know, it, it feels like a real, like, salt in the wound, you know, kick while he's down. I really um, wanted that dog. I, I wanted Harry to, like, take the dog. He's like, oh, I have to carry this dog around now. Oh, he's yeah. My finger. <laughs> he made my finger. And I, um, Perry, like, when he says, like, Perry, the dog has my finger, and Harry's and Perry goes like, "Kill, get the finger, kill the dog, get out of there." <laughs> and then, and then the dog like it. It's a Harry's like, "No, okay, we're all good. It's gone." Gay Perry comes, picks Harry up, I believe. It cuts to like the next morning at a hotel. At the hotel, they come to some sort of conclusion. Like they're like, "I guess that resolved itself." Like they tried to kidnap her, and now. You know, like they tried to kidnap um, Harlan Dexter's daughter. It went wrong. They we knew too much, so they tried to get rid of us, and now they're dead. I guess all's well ends well. And there's still like 45 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> I really like that the movie sort of like takes a takes a breather and like just re- has this like scene with them. Like, yeah, he's kind. Of, <laughs> there's a part where he's kind of creeping on her in a mirror, like watching yeah. her undress. But it's that part's kind of important to the plot because it makes him realize that the body he saw in the lake 
you know, which was supposedly Harlan Dexter's daughter, didn't have any underwear. Like, you know, it's a, there's a little moment where like he covers, he pulls her dress down to cover her up. Yeah. And he realizes she didn't have any underwear, but Perry told her she was big into the born again Christianity thing. Yeah. He's like, would she like really go commando if she was like born again? You know, it's like <laughs> even Perry. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Sorry. Do girls say commando? Do any women wish listen to this show? Do you guys refer to it as commando? Like yeah. when you do <laughs> that's I've never thought of that before. That's a good question. Um I'll text every single woman I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even Perry admits, like, I still have some questions about the whole thing, but you know, best let the sleeping dog lie. Harry and Harmony, like they get into bed together, they kiss and they're about to like, you know, they're telling each other, like, you know, it's always been you. You're like, this is destiny. And she's like, you know, she's like, just <laughs> it's just earlier in the movie, Harry mentions that she slept with every guy in the school except his best friend, um, like yeah. Chuck Chutney. She says, like, can I, I just need to t- tell you something real quick, you know. And it cuts to them like later, like they put their clothes back on. They're like screaming at each other. And he's like, you slept with Chuck Chutney. You fucked my best friend. Like he kicks her out. Yeah. Damn, and my man. mom during the scene said, why would you tell him? <laughs> my mom would have just taken that secret to the grave. Harry goes to sleep and then like wakes up the next day. And Perry's like in his hotel room and is like, wake up. Harmony's in trouble. Perry's like, I, she left this voicemail about some lead you had and did she would look into it and I have not been able to get a hold of her all day. So like, I need you to remember what it was. Harry says something about underpants and like yeah. Perry, like so, light bulb clicks. He like, and they go to the like, um, Harlan Dexter has like a mental hospital. Beautiful scene right here. Yeah. This is the good colors looking. are amazing. Yeah, it's so blue. They go in and like, Dexter owned this owns this hospital and they also like they encounter one of the patients and who like they takes their pants off and they're you know realize like Harlan's um you know the patients here don't wear underwear so they that and something else they come to the conclusion that Harlan's daughter was a patient at the mental hospital yeah and which brings the question, how could, you know, she be here, she be here, but also be in court for, um, you know, to dismiss her, the lawsuit against her father. And they realized that there was a double that had taken her place because, you know, she was abroad for like a couple years at when she comes back, have her committed to a mental hospital secretly, then have like an actress that looks enough like her to go into court, dismiss the lawsuit look like she's repaired the relationship with her father and then die, you know, gets kidnapping, goes wrong, dies, you know, it's all a big conspiracy. Yeah. And I can't, I don't, I think I can't remember if they realize here, but like the pink haired girl from earlier was the one posing as the daughter. Mm -hmm. When, when she's not posing as her, she's wearing a pink wig. Yeah. So yeah. That like hide herself, you know? Yeah. So they realize this and they start to leave and this orderly stops them. And <laughs> um, Gay Perry says something that pisses the orderly off. Like uh, like the 
um the orderly says like it's a little cold you know for a midnight walk and gay perry says like actually i'm from back east so i'm kind of digging the cold and the orderly like pistol whips harry <laughs> harry goes he's the one who said it yeah orderly does like you know the walk let's take a walk thing like gun at the back and perry has like this spiel about like you know like you know how in the movies you know the goon puts a gun in the, to their back and you know says let's take a walk well, normally, you know, the pros like to keep five feet of distance because there's nothing stopping. And like he like swings around and disarms to get orderly. And they're um, interrogating the orderly and like they can't get their sh- Like Perry has like is like leading the charge and Harry keeps trying to butt in and Perry's like, please stop. And I like um, it's because I also like in this scene, like Harry is like trying to get the plot of the movie straight. Mm-hmm. it's like nice to like remind the audience of like what's going on because harry's like no wait i thought what happened to that body and perry has to explain it to him and harry's also like uh where's harmony where's harmony and the guy keeps saying like i don't know who i don't know this who the girl fuck is. harmony yeah. is what do you yeah the orderly is refusing to cooperate and I lo- it's stone cold i love it. it's so badass gay okay, perry says like i'm gonna break your nose now and then like you know breaks his fucking nose there's also this like a uh, joke that's like picture i want Gay Perry says, I want you to picture a bullet inside your head. And the orderly goes, fuck you. Anyway, that's ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> and like Harry and Gay Perry have like a back and forth that about like Harry's like, no, I think he means like, do you mean like picture a bullet going through your head or like inside of your head picture a bullet? The yeah, orderly you can't picture that if there's a bullet in your head. Yeah, yeah. Be dead. <laughs> yeah. The order, orderly still won't say anything about where Harmony is. You know, you're like he's like, you guys are bluffing. And Harry's like, I'm going to show you how I'm bluffing. And he takes all the bullets out of his revolver, except for one. And he, like, you know, spins it. He's like, where is the girl? And then, like, pulls the trigger, blows the dude's brains out. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, it's so, like, gay. Barry is like, you put a live round in that gun? Uh, doesn't Harry say, like, there's like an 8%, 8% chance. chance. Yeah, 8% chance. And then Gaper's like, eight? Who taught you math? <laughs> uh, like, and that's like just like what we've been talking about. It's like, you know, like the the kind of bullshit that doesn't happen in movies but would totally happen in real life. Yeah. Like you do Russian roulette, that's a one in six chance of like shooting somebody. Yeah. That's not very low as far as like killing some pe- a person goes, you know. <laughs> And then they, but then they also get a call from Harmony, and it turns out she was just, she just had bad cell service all day. Like she's fine. And while Barry's talking to her, Harry's like leaning up against a car, and he's like, eight, eight, eight times 12. <laughs> he's like doing some math. And gay, Barry's like, stop multiplying. Just, <laughs> I forget. They tell Harmony to do something. I can't remember what exactly. No, it's, they're like we're gonna let's meet up we'll talk about what we found and um as they're cleaning up two more of um harlan dexter and like his like a hired gun show up they take harry and perry prisoner first importantly the 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 guard like does a pat down of perry and perry pretends to like giggle and shit you know to freak yeah and they're being like interrogated and tortured they hook like a car battery up to Harry's nuts or something. 
and he's like using a water gun to spray water on his nuts and it's like toward electrocuting him it's he, the dude's fucking sterile after this there's no way he's <laughs> fucking and gay perry's like trying to like fuck with him by saying like gay stuff to him because yeah uh, he's like he's like it'd be more effective to plug it into the chest dude like you yeah, just want to see um, his junk yeah, because the guy is saying a derogatory term in Spanish to yeah. uh, gay people. Oh, Perry. is he? Yeah, he is. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he's like fucking with him, saying like, "Oh wow, the, oh you yeah you're you're uh, you picked him because you want to see his junk, huh? That's pretty. That's pretty gay, don't you think?" <laughs> I like the other like gay Perry. You know, like not only is he a badass, like, and he's like not trying to hide that he's gay, but he uses that as like a weapon yeah they're like fuck with people and he goads the guard into like he keeps the guard like whenever he's mad at perry electrocutes harry's nuts and harry's just like stop helping please yeah um and the guard like eventually goes over to hit perry and perry Chekhov's um tiny gun earlier in the movie we see um perry has a little derringer you know three shotgun uh he calls it a, a uh, he has a name for it that we can't say. A F word gun killer, yeah, I think. An F word gun. Because like he says it's good for three shots, then you got to drop it for something better. Yeah. And he has it like hidden in his like crotch. And so he like reaches down. He's like, Yeah, I bet you want this. And so when the guard goes and hits him, he shoots him with the little. So it looks like he's shooting bullets out of his dick. It's pretty badass. Yeah. Gay Perry reveals that he has, you know, the gun. Uh, and I, it's so, it kills me every time Harry goes like, oh, thank God you had a gun there. Because I thought for a second that was just like a gay thing. Like you guys could just do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing is like, um, Harmony, the phone rings. Like when the, when the guards first caught Harry and Perry, the Harmony the phone rang and the guard like was going to throw throws it to Harlan and Harry catches it real quick and yells into it like Harmony, we're in trouble. We're at the hospital. Come help us or whatever. And the guard answers the listens to the phone and it's just like, ah, he just, it's just a carpet cleaning service. And then like it reveals Harmony posing as like a carpet cleaning service. Yeah. To like cover their ass. But like while they're escaping, Harmony shows up and they're transporting uh, the body of um, Dexter's daughter, I believe. They're transporting it to be cremated so that no one can realize that it's like not that, that it's a different girl. Something yeah. like that. Like I said, I kind of lose the mystery a little bit at the very, very end. <laughs> Harmony steals the van that has the body in it and the Dexter and his like men start chasing after her. And like Harry and Perry are like running after them. The van crashes like on top of this o- on this overpass. The coffin is like launched out of the van and is hanging on like the um, what's like a, a sign? Is that what it's called? Like the highway <gasps> sign? Kellen, Kellen, Kellen! Breaking news. What? Women do refer to it as commando. I got confirmation. Holy shit! All right, you heard it here woman. first. <laughs> Who did you ask? I, I asked Megan. <laughs> oh. Okay, guys, it is referred to as commando. Uh, good to know. And, and like the way this climax is really like the, the the thing is like, and if you read the script, like this whole climax, like scene is like maybe five minutes long. 
But in the script, it's like a good 10 pages, maybe. Because like it describes like every like every single like moment is like this, like, you know, given its own like description. Like, you know, like it's it really focuses like I, I just really like scenes like this where it's like very focused on like the actions. Like it's not just like they shoot at each other and then eventually um one of them is better at shooting than the other and uh they win. It's like this happens, uh, like the van crashes, and as a result from that, Harmony runs away and like trips and like falls down a hill and is unconscious. And the coffin is launched from the van and is now dangling over the freeway. Yeah. Harry and Perry show up. One of the guards is about to shoot at Harry, and Perry jumps in the way and they shoot each other. And Perry is, it's like mirroring the opening scene, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Gabe bull Perry. goes through Perry and hits Harry and like what appears in like the shoulder and Gay yeah. Perry goes down. And <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> um, Gay Perry's down and he's obviously like dead. Yeah. Like it look it, it, it like, oh, he just got shot like once, right? It looks like straight through the heart almost. Yeah. It's yeah, like the chest, you know, it's like yeah. a, a pretty cl- close to a vital organ. And Harry like gets down and he's like hey perry like you're fine right aren't you fine and he says nothing and harry's first thought is to, to do give mouth, him to mouth. mouth to mouth yeah it's like and it's like a good joke you know it's like oh he's such an idiot you know but it's like the rug is pulled by like harry like pulls away as like blood starts pouring out yeah. perry's mouth it's like yeah a, it's a good reversal and harry like gives up he's lying there and um harmony you know manages to call Harry. Harry's phone and Harry answers and you know she's kind of like barely conscious kind of loopy and she says the thing that um she always said when they did like the magic act you know when they were kids she says like oh Harold use your awesome might to save me from this hopeless plight or something mm-hmm. and oh god I love like the, the little like saxophone riff as like Harry starts to stand up and picks up the gun mm, it's good and then a car is like barreling down towards him. Yeah, barreling. It's like going towards Harmony, you know, to go like finish Harmony off. I yeah. Think, he, and Harry is like trying to aim and take a shot from on top, on top of the freeway. And Harlan, you know, in his car tries to run Harry down. And Harry jumps over the overpass, like lands on the coffin, slides, and just barely manages to grab on to the, to the arm that's yeah. hanging out. And I love in the script, I can't remember the exact note, but the script, it says for a split second, it looks like the, the hands reaching for him. But he grabs on like the coffins, the, the guns on top of the coffin. He's just hanging over. It's such like a funny image. It's like a, such a surreal image, like over this freeway, this coffin with like a hand dangling out and this dude just holding on to it. Um, Harlan comes to the overpass. Harry like shakes the coffin, grabs the gun and just like pops him. And Harry's like dangling, taking shots at the car as it's like hurtling towards Harmony. Uh, he manages to hit the driver. The car is kind of swerving. He lands on top of it. As the car comes to a stop, like a dude gets out, Harry just pops him and then like rolls over and like finishes off the driver. It, it's like he's acting off of like pure adrenaline. Like it's, it's just like machine like. He's yeah. just like, nope, and pump up. And then like when he's like, after both of them are dead, he like throws the gun. He's like, okay, I'm all, I'm done. I'm done. Well, um, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm taking like glances at this script and holy crap. Yeah. This is very entertaining. Yeah. 
Like, um, because Mr. Like, Ag- Mr. Agility, our boy, only one problem. He can't stop himself. Momentum too great. Like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It like sounds like it sounds like a dude telling you a story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Another reversal talking about how like this movie takes things that would happen in a movie and then they don't happen. Yeah. And she goes over to Harmony and she's like, oh, Harry, you got shot. And he's like, no, look, look. And he pulls out, he had a Johnny Gossamer book. And she's like, oh, it stopped the bullet, you know? And she like looks at it and she just puts her finger all the way through the hole in the book. And then like he opens his shirt and he's like bleeding from a chest yeah. wound. And he's like, well, well, not about that. Fade the black. They wake up in a, she wake, he wakes up in a hospital bed. Turns out, per, you know, Perry lived. And, you know, in the narration, Harry's like, yeah, I know it's fu- it's fucking like, you know, the studio, it, it's like, uh, don't you, you know, the studio gets antsy about a downer ending. So they bring the character back. He, and then he says, fuck, fuck it. Let's just bring all the characters back. And like yeah. every all single the- person that died walks into his hotel. And also his like hospital. Abraham Lincoln and old yeah. Miller. <laughs> and they're like, they're like hugging. They're hugging <laughs> Harry. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> like talking to each other. <laughs> And then, like, the, a nurse comes in and, like, pushes them all out. Yeah. And, like, Elvis starts to come in, but, like, it's yanked out. Do the debrief. Like, you know, like, they were right. You know, Harlan had this girl posing to be his daughter, but Harlan was also, like, in a relationship with this actress who was posing as his daughter. So that when Harmony's sister comes to L.A. looking for who she thought her real father was, she sees... Um, what her father was doing... Yeah, she she sees what she thinks was uh, Harlan having sex with his daughter, and yeah. that like she, she hired, hired Perry to catch incest. Yes, yeah, not a murder, not a murder. Like I, you know, it. She did like you, you. I think you said earlier she did kill herself. Perry was yeah. right. You know, she did just. Yeah, because I I think they're trying to like attach stuff. They're like trying to find out what happened to her. He was like, yeah. no, she just killed herself. Like yeah. she can handle it. It's like this, yeah, I, it's interesting. Like, it's like, you know, like, I keep alluding to, like, the bullshit. It's like, you know, this the fiction, you know, like, um, mystery. Like, it's stuff we tell ourselves to, like, make, like, the truth go down a little easier. Yeah. And I think this movie is, like, at once, like, critical and, like, appreciative of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of like how, like, because, like, the movie is framed like Harry telling a story. And it, I like that it just sort of ends. Yeah. Like they, they talk, he talks about they go to the funeral. In the original script, and I think it's brilliant that they changed it. In the original script, it's Harry that goes to visit Harmony's father. Okay. But they changed it for the movie. For I'm not sure why at some point to Perry. And I think it's a really, because like, you know, uh, we've been kind of talking about Perry's kind of cold-blooded. He's kind of like desensitized. He's cynical, you know, to like this industry. You know, he's been here for too long and he it's like kind of eating at his soul. But I think having him do this, like, you know, and also like he, you know, despite calling him an idiot, he helps Harry. Like he takes a bullet for Harry. Yeah. You know, he wants to help Harmony. He's like affected by, you know, like the, the horrible thing Harmony and her sister went through. And so he goes to their father who's like hooked up to like tubes in a hospital bed. And like beats the shit out of him, and he's and I, like, he says like, um, "Oh, you think like you're some big tough guy beating on an old man?" And big gay Perry says like, "Yeah, big tough guy." 
<laughs> just Locks fucking up. slaps him. Yeah. So There's awesome. also a line of like, and the, the dad says like, if I could get out of this bed, and Gabriel says, yeah, well you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Backhands him again. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. You know, yeah, it's, it's oh awesome. yeah, and I realize it's a because like the first thing we see of the dad, he's like about to backhand harmony. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. the end of the movie, it, he Perry backhands him. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's like I think it's great that they end it with Perry. You know, despite you know his appearance, he's still kind of a softy. He still has like a he still has a heart. Why? But like Holy it's like a, shit. What, dude? Would you realize what this? Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the fucking best. Um, <laughs> think about it. Think about it. So it's about, you know, Hollywood. Shane mm-hmm. Black was chewed up and spat out by Hollywood. Uh-huh. You know what's a problem in Hollywood? Why? Pedophilia is a problem in Hollywood. Oh. How does yeah. the movie end? Shane Black writes it in. So at the end of the movie, yes, you know, the the there's killings and all this. But guess what? Fuck pedophilia. Yeah, fuck pedophiles. Yeah, that's you know what? Yeah, that's it. Maybe Shane Shane Black knew what was happening in Hollywood and decided to make a movie. Because Shane Black is the gay parry character. He's like jaded. He's cynical about Hollywood, but he's still fuck this these abusers. Holy shit. All right, that's cool. I like that. Shane Black is a genius. One thing that's cut from the script is like there's one scene with Harmony and Harry. It's like kind of like a final thing with them. That I I'm glad of. that they didn't do anything. No, yeah, it's it's a little like too of a much of a happy ending. But like, I think it's all but implied. You know, Harry and Harmony kind of like got together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Harry, like, he's like talking directly to like it's like a digital like camera, um, like you know, like a home video. He's like this, yeah. you know, wrapping up. And it looks like it was filmed like after the movie, like it was like a reshoot because like Val Definitely. Kilmer like looks completely different. <laughs> And he has the fucking ponytail. Yeah, the heat ponytail. But yeah. uh, Harry's like, I started working for, you know, Gay Perry. Uh, and he's like, and if I had to sum up the movie, the story, and I do because I'm the narrator, he, he's like, I, I think it's about friendship. Gay Perry comes in and says, get your feet off my fucking desk. And it's like, uh, like covers um, Harry's mouth. And uh, I think this bit was improvised by Kilmer. He says like, a lot of people work very hard in this movie. Be sure to stay for the credits. And if you're wondering what a best boy is, it's somebody's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> you see like Harry laugh and like pat him on the arm. Uh, and that's the end of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And that's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, and they say, I love the final line. Like if you're from the Midwest, sorry, we said fuck so much. Yeah. One thing I kind of, I guess, forgot to talk about throughout that, but I love is like, it takes place at Christmas. And like the just the LA at Christmas atmosphere is so good in this movie. So fucking good. Like it's kind yeah. of foggy all the time, you know. Uh, I mean, it. I, I was gonna say the movie. It reminds the Christmas movie reminds me of. Um, it's again. It, I mean, it, it it's different because it's in New York, but it, it reminds me of like Eyes Wide Shut because it's like there, but it's not really like the like a huge plot point. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a fucking Christmas movie. It's yeah. the same with Die Hard, where it's like, oh, uh, I think this is probably the best, one of the best yeah. Christmas movies. Uh-huh. Um, and like, uh, shout out to Die Hard. I can't remember. I think we talked about this outside of this show, but like, almost all of Shane Black shit takes place at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Like, Nice Guys, this um, Lethal Weapon, Long Kiss Goodnight. It's like a touchstone for him. And like, um, 
he and I think in this it like fits this movie perfectly. The quote he um he, he likes he his thing take is like he likes setting stuff at Christmas because he thinks Christmas is like a little like break in the march of our you know lives. Like we get to like just you you know everybody is like with their loved ones and it's like near the end of the year and it's like the the time where you're like taking stock and like reassessing your life. Uh huh. And I think for this movie especially, that's like a very fitting like background. All three of these characters are kind of like on paths to become not great people. Like Perry's at the, at risk of becoming soulless husk, just like you know, um, like a garbage man for the film and the worst parts of the film industry. Harry, like when we first really meet him, is about to go to jail, um, and like Harmony, her like kind of career isn't really going anywhere. And like none of that is fixed by this movie. You know, they're still like not at great points in their life, but it's like, you know, they have each other. Yeah, but it's a movie about friendship, you know? It, it's a movie about friendship. But talking about this movie scares me because this movie is an hour, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Interstellar next week. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hmm. yeah. I think that might be a, a free form episode as well because that's a. Yeah. Uh, that's a fucking. Uh-huh. That's this a crazy is, movie to cover. Sorry. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on the movie, Kellen? Uh, it's good. Watch it at Christmas. It's a good. It's because um, I think we, me and Moises, we were working on something Christmas adjacent as well, and like we were kind of talking about how like weirdly depressing Christmas is, like from the ages of like sixteen to thirty to whenever you have a family. All right. Did we talk about this? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I'm just like when you're kind of a, like an adult and, you know, you don't have kids to get presents for, you know, how like weirdly bittersweet Christmas is. And I think this is like to me, this movie is like the perfect encapsulation of that vibe. Yeah. Until I see Eyes Wide Shut. Then Eyes Wide Shut made me the more. Oh, yeah. That's an even completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, though. Yeah. I might watch it this year then. Oh, and Batman Returns. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Batman Returns is like what Christmas is like if you're a fucking nutcase and super horny. So we, as we start next week, our last episode of the year, Interstellar, uh, Christopher Nolan's space epic, incredible movie. That episode is going to be, <laughs> to, to make a reference to the movie, gargantuan. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to listen to it. You're going to feel it. <laughs> um you can't listen to an inverted podcast can't pass through non-inverted uh ear canals uh we're, we're probably going to be talking about tenet a little bit as well next week so you know just be prepared for that i don't think a lot of people have access to that movie yet is it out on rental yet did that i forget um i think in like a week or two oh, okay i'm gonna watch it again should we? I guess we're doing non-Robert Downey Jr. recommendations. No, no, it's actually non-Val Kilmer. Non-Val Kilmer recommendations. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, in the past, this has been non-Sandler recommendations, non-Clive Owen recommendations, non-Shark recommendations. Yeah. And then non-James Earl Jones recommendations. Now it's um non-Val Kilmer recommendations. Uh. Anything, book, movie, TV show, video game, podcast, album, song, etc. It just painting? can't have painting. Sure. 
It just can't have Val Kilmer in it. Yes, Kellen, I, I have a suggestion before you. Okay, ask. yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, it is a YouTube channel. Um, I, I, I could kind of compare them to us. I mean, I guess I, I'd compare us to them actually, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of like just, uh, they, they're making audio commentary tracks for movies and is they it? upload their highlights to. Oh YouTube. my God. I love this channel. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, but the way their description says is weekly commentary tracks for your favorite and least favorite movies and shows. Um, it is a YouTube channel, pretty much. In- oh, that's <laughs> go Tigers! But they, dude, the they, thirteen reasons why. Yeah, so good. They're so fucking good. They like I don't watch thirteen reasons why, but I watch their commentary tracks because it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, even shit like they do stuff I've never seen before, but I still watch it just because it's hilarious. Um, it's a great way to just like ease your mind off shitty movies because they watch some shitty movies and guess what? Just make fun of them. You don't gotta, you know, you don't gotta be mad that you're watching a shitty movie. You're the one who chose to watch a shitty movie. Just make fun of it. Um, it's so good. It's very entertaining and just watching. There's like random movies that you would never think of watching and you um, watch them, listen to them, make fun of it, listen to them, reference Go Tigers as many times as they can. I got one just for you, Moises. You're going to love this one. This one's just for you. Okay. It's an artist that I uh, have my fair share of problems with, but I'll admit I probably haven't given them a fair shot. Listen to... I am very so so late to this. I should. Um, one of my friends, Rachel, gives me shit for. Well, she just constantly gives me shit all the time. But she's been giving me shit for being ten years late to this. I'm recommending the song "Run Away" by Kanye West. Moises is applauding. I don't know if the Zoom mic's picking it up. Um, came up in my shuffle for some reason. I didn't realize I had it in my library. But yeah, it's a it's a really good song. Go watch the 2010 VMA performance of it. So I good. actually I did watch that. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, that's what made me a fan of Kanye West. Watching it as a kid, I had no I get I had no idea that like you know the my beautiful dark twisted fantasy thing was right after the whole Taylor Swift thing. Yeah, Dude, it's insane. Honest, I had this idea while driving home. If we. Do you know, you know, because, you know, the music biopic is like a big thing. Yeah. And like, it's inevitable that there's going to be either a Taylor Swift biopic or a Kanye West biopic. Uh-huh. And I would like to offer the pitch that they should be the same movie. Oh, my fuck. Because that that the thing at that the VMAs, when that happened, everyone was like, what a weird thing to happen. Like, you know, Kanye like runs up on stage and interrupts her speech. But I guess like. You know, it's a VMA. Award. How about this? I got an even better pitch for you. Right. Make it a triple biopic, a Kanye West, Beyonce, Taylor Swift biopic. Uh, well, th- my argument is I don't think Beyonce would be included because like, you know, that moment between Kanye and Taylor, you're like, what a weird thing to happen between two celebrities who probably would have never crossed paths. And then it ends up being the thing that like irreparably <laughs> changes them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. They neither of them recover from that. Yeah, Kanye goes on to make the greatest hip hop album of all time, Taylor and Swift, uh, like just it like, becomes an amazing songwriter. <laughs> like, yeah, 
insane but, but also like i'm talking about like after like the um there was like the kim kardashian like leaked the phone call and then taylor yeah. had that whole like i'm mean now yeah i'm a badass now this is my thing like they're still uh, like they both live in each other's heads rent free yeah it's insane <laughs> i think that's gonna do it for us um intro and outro music I don't know, something from the Kiss Kiss Bang Bang soundtrack. There's a song that plays over the credits, and I'm going to have to double-check this, but I think Robert Downey Jr. sings it. Oh, yeah, I saw it on the soundtrack on Apple Music. Yeah, I'll end with that. featured. Featured. Robert. Oh, also, I was reading the script. I Will Survive was supposed to play during that last scene. Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Um, It's Perry's phone ringtone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been awesome. Oh, that would have been cool. Um... Uh, thank you for listening. Um, we ho- we hope you enjoyed this special Christmas episode of um, the podcast formerly known as Inter Sandman. Next week, Interstellar. That's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be an episode. Yeah, it is. As we do every week uh, when we wrap up our Val Kilmer podcast, <laughs> we like to leave you with a Val Kilmer fact of the week to leave your mind, you know, thinking of Val Kilmer uh-huh. as we get on to the, I don't know what next week's podcast can be called, but the next week's podcast, Mon- the, uh, McConaughey cast. Uh, sure. The, I mean, I was going to say a uh, space cast, like a, Ooh, I like that. a, a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Oh. Um, but, uh, the Val Kilmer fact of the week is, um, Val Kilmer. Um, he, he's the one who killed Hitler. Val Kilmer killed Hitler. Um, that that'll do it for this week. Val Kilmer killed Hitler. I believe it. Yeah, no. he did. Uh, he had oh, a ponytail. Well, a correction: it wasn't Val Kilmer. It was Gay Perry. <laughs> gay, killed, Perry gay Perry killed, killed Hitler. He pimp slapped him <laughs> and, and then, then killed him and then shot him. Uh, oh. Made it look like a suicide. Uh, I'm killing the means. What's this? Oh my god. Okay. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Interstellar. Stellar.